Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Da 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 Jesse Trap Podcast in the Raw. This podcast is where we have real, authentic conversations about your work as a human being, about how worthy and deserving we are to live our best life, to be happy, to live joyfully. And what I like to talk to you about on this podcast is all things personal development, happiness tools, empowerment, different ideas and concepts that hold all sorts of different gems for you to apply in your own life, to help you have a more positive thought process, to empower you to take charge of how you approach your relationships, how you show up for yourself, how you show up for others. Sometimes we get stuck and we get lost thinking that, oh, we don't have, life is just happening to us. But that's not true. If we really shift our internal world and take back our power, we create our own reality. So, if you've been here before, thank you for tuning in again. Welcome back. And if this is your first time, I'm glad you found me. So, let's chat today. Uh, first, let me tell you what we're going to talk about, and then I'll give you a little recap about me, Jesse Treff, and what is going on in my life. I will keep it short, I promise, because we need to get into this awesome content. Today, we are talking about the drama triangle. You may have heard of the drama triangle. You may know a lot about it, or you may have literally never heard about it before. The first time I heard about the drama triangle or started to think about this concept was about two years ago when I was thinking, I was like, oh my goodness, I am such an empath. Like, that's what I am. I'm an empath. So I found this book called The Empath as Archetype, and it's by Elaine LaJoy. And this is like a self-published book, a really, not really well-known book, and I got it and I read it, and it really walked through the drama triangle without saying, hey, this is the drama triangle, let's talk about it. So it walked me through all the different parts and roles of this drama triangle, and it really started to sink in my head, like, wait, am I really an empath, or is this just a unhelpful mindset that I'm in? So... That's what we're going to talk about today, is the drama triangle. What is going on in my life? So in our last podcast, I told you about how I've been looking at apartments. Stephen and I have both been looking at apartments for our next home in Miami Beach and surrounding areas. And we've looked at so many apartments, and they just have not been the one. Maybe they weren't in our price range, or maybe they just like weren't nice inside, or just the vibe wasn't quite right. But they just weren't what we were looking for. So we are still looking. We drove up around North Beach and Surfside and Ball Harbor and the Upper East Side of Miami. And we just haven't found anything yet. So we are... We have a fun activity that we're doing this weekend where we are going to drive up to Palm Beach Gardens, which is an hour and a half-ish north of Miami, and we're going to kind of look around there and see what that feels like. So, like I've been saying, this is a cool phase of life for both of us, uh, just finding where it is that we're meant to be next, because we have so many projects going on, and we're so excited about all of these projects, and... uh, 
it's just really exciting to find it's almost like we're finding our cocoon you know where like a caterpillar goes in his cocoon and then he's going to come a butterfly it's like where we're going to be when our cocoon hatches so it's exciting and Steven's YouTube channel is doing really good. It's so fun. He loves reading and he loves talking about books. And he's been talking about all sorts of different types of books, self-help, women authors, and fantasy. And it's amazing because his most well-performing videos are on fantasy, which he loves the most out of everything. So it's almost like a gift that people are enjoying his fantasy videos because really that's what he loves the most so it's just really cool and I believe that I have found where I'm going to do my internship I graduate from the University of Florida online program I've been working on it for like six and a half years and I have my internship as a health educator in the fall and this whole same transition phase has been finding where it is that I'm going to be doing my internship in the fall and I was so excited when I got an email back from a one uh, internship site that I had emailed asking you know would you be interested this is what I think I can bring and she wrote back really quickly and she was just like oh we'd love to have you we're going to set up an interview da 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 so I'm just really excited and you know what else you know I love to notice symbols and and all those third eye if you've listened to that podcast all those third eye things like symbols and finding meaning and things that are around us so when I got this email back from her where she pretty much almost sort of said yeah we'll have you it was 555 and that's not the only time that 555 has showed up when I've gotten some news or an idea or found something 555 has been consistent lately and if you look at the meaning behind numbers 555 is a symbol of change like change is coming stay calm stay patient stay focused stay grounded change is coming and it is meant to happen which is so cool and back when I was really working a lot on my mental health my uh like started working with my life coaching and really working on my mindset 11 kept coming up and 11 I haven't looked this one up recently but it's something about hey you're supported you're on the right track encouragement keep going this is validation that what you're doing is is worthy so I love all those symbolic things because they just like make my heart feel so full and like I said they're validating so that is really cool. You may have noticed I haven't had any YouTube videos out, but my podcasts, I've been shifting them into like kind of like a video version. So like I told my mom yesterday when I chatted with her for a while, which was so nice, uh, we only have so much energy, right? Our energy is kind of like a reserve, like a water tank. And there's only so much water in there. So we need to be careful what we're pouring water into. So right now I'm pouring water into my school, I'm pouring water into our jewelry business, pouring water into staying calm and grounded in this transition phase. And 
when it comes to Jesse Treff, I have water to pour into it. So I'm getting some posts up and I'm getting my podcast up, but I just don't have enough water to pour into the YouTube videos right now. And that's okay. And then, you know, sometimes we can't do everything. That doesn't mean we're not going to reach our dreams. That doesn't mean we're not going to reach our goals. But we just need to put ourselves first and know that we have limitations on how much we can do. So let's get into today's content. I have a printout here in front of me that I'm going to kind of go off of to lead us through today, Um, but let's just take it as we go. I'm going to try to keep this kind of easy to understand because you don't have something to look at in front of you, Um, and but you know what a triangle looks like. And that is what this is based around. Each point of the triangle has an archetype. It has a state of mind or action or mental space that we can get into that leads to drama. And this triangle was figured out. It was created. It was put together by Dr. Stephen Karpman in the 1960s. And I looked him up a little bit because I've heard his name quite a lot because I love this drama triangle. But I was like, I don't really know much about him. So I read about him a little bit and really cool person. Uh, he, his parents were both, I think one was a psychologist and one was a psychoanalyst. So they were really in the mental health world and professions. And so he grew up in a home where that was kind of the environment. So as he moved into his profession, he also became a psychiatrist. And he put together this drama triangle and used it in his practice for a couple years before he actually presented it to be a thing. And it was really well accepted pretty quickly. And now it's very, very popular with all the realms of mental health and coaching and all of that. And what's really cool about him is that he is a Libra, which is the same as me. So he really had, like, in his life, he's achieved a real balance, which is what Libra is all about, a real balance between art and science. Because he has all the science of his psychiatry and developing the drama triangle and his career practice, but he also started oil painting in fourth grade and has been oil painting ever since. And he even um, enjoyed acting and he was like in the Star Wars movie and like some other some other pretty decent roles in acting. So that's a really big balance between science and art in his life. So I found that pretty cool when I looked that up. I was like, what a cool person. So anyway, let's go into the chunk of content here for this podcast. So I want to start this with thinking about these three roles. So let's think about cartoons. In a cartoon or a movie, there's always like some kind of drama or action. And this is like part of the movie, it's part of the storyline, and it's all good and it's great. There's going to be drama, like things happen where we need to have all of these roles especially in entertainment and movies. So I think of My Little Ponies. There is a My Little Ponies movie or even just a show that my sister Sarah and I used to watch over and over and over and over. And there's Cruella, who is this villain, and she's like the bat lady, right? And she is a bully 
right? She's like the persecutor. She's the the meanie. And there's some, I don't even remember the storyline, but let's say there's like a pony who gets kidnapped. And this pony is like a victim. It, she's helpless. She's trapped. She got kidnapped. Uh, she's poor, poor pony. Oh my goodness. She got, she got kidnapped by Cruella. And oh my goodness, I'm calling her Cruella from 101 Dalmatians, but it's actually Katrina. So she got kidnapped by Katrina and she's going to give her this poison. Oh no, what's going to happen? Oh, we need a rescuer. So then you have another My Little Pony who comes to be the rescuer and she's going to make everything better. She's going to save the pony and take her away from Katrina and she's going to like stop the drama from happening because she saves her. So you have a villain and you have a victim and you have a rescuer. And those are the three parts of the drama triangle. But the thing with the drama triangle in our life when it is not a movie is that the drama doesn't stop because we continue when we're in the wrong mindset and we aren't when we aren't doing the work of shifting it we keep moving between the different points of the triangle and we just keep shifting from victim to persecutor to rescuer to it just keeps going around and then the drama keeps happening. So think about if you are fighting with your partner and you say, oh, can you take the trash out? And he decides to be a bully, which is persecutor. He decides to be a bully and he's like, why can't you take the trash out? And then you decide to be a victim and you're like, oh, well, I did it last time and, you know, it's it's hard for me to carry it out to the trash can. I have so many things to do. Uh, it's just hard. And so then he goes to be a victim too and he's like, oh, but I have so many things to do. Like, I'm running late. I I, I can't help it. I'm, I'm just running late. And then you decide to be a rescuer and you're like, Oh, don't worry. I know you're running late. I'm going to help. I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'll take the trash out from now on. And then you're both left with this feeling of helplessness or resentment. And I'm not saying that that interaction is wrong. You know, maybe it works for you. Maybe that's just what you have going on in your life. But here's another example. What about if there's if you have a kid and you and your husband are trying to raise this kid? So, kid comes home, he has to do his schoolwork, and he goes out plays outside instead. And then dad comes in and he's like, son, why didn't you finish your homework? I told you, you need to do your homework. He's kind of being a bully, right? And kid is a victim and he's like, oh, but it's, it's so hard. Uh, he's a victim. And then mom comes in, she wants to make it better because she wants everything to be nice. So she's like, Oh, honey, come here. I'll, I'll help you with it. I'll help you with your homework. So you have a bully, you have a victim, and you have a rescuer. What's, what's difficult about this situation is that, number one, dad is approaching the situation where he's kind of being a little bit, um, he's a little bit, like, 
angry already. Like he's like, hey, hey, I need, I need, you're supposed to do your homework. And then the kid is being helpless and the kid is like not having the authority in himself to say, I'm going to do my homework. And mom is just trying to make everything better. And she's just like, oh, I'll help you. I'll help you. So then she's got that to do too. And she's, she's not doing what she was going to do before. And instead she's just helping her kid do his homework. And that takes away the opportunity for the kid to be self-motivated. So it's just kind of enabling the kid to just keep like not doing his homework so that mom is going to eventually help her, help him. So it just leads to drama, it leads to complication, it leads to inauthenticity in everyone's behavior and processes, and the drama triangle just makes life harder. It makes life like walking on eggshells, like not really knowing what someone means when they say it, and the bully is then all this mean person when really they're just trying to get things done. And then the rescuer is like the great person that everybody loves because they do everything when really they're denying their own needs and enabling everyone. And then the victim is poor me. Oh, I'm helpless. And it works for me because then the rescuer comes and helps me. So I don't really have to motivate myself to do things because if I don't, if I don't motivate myself, then somebody's going to come and help me and I never have to try. So it just keeps on going and going. And in our relationships, we can jump between all three of these things. And we can also jump in between all three of these things inside our head. Are you still with me? I know that it's a lot to envision and grasp if you've never gone through this before. But we can also do this inside our own head when we're talking to ourselves or when we're thinking about a problem or a challenge. We can jump through all of these triangle points in our own head. Let's say we are working towards a goal and it's a little far off and we have a lot of work to do. So we start with being a victim and say to ourselves, oh, this is so much work. I don't really know if I can do this. This is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Why did this problem have to come up? Why did this issue have to come up? Why, why is this so hard? I never reach my goals. I'm going to fail again. Uh, I should just quit. Then you decide to bully yourself and you're like, oh man, you're so, you're so weak. Why are you so unmotivated? Where's your willpower? You, you never get anything done. You're, do this now. Sit down at that desk and do that work. Get it done. You are so weak. Like, like just motivate yourself. What's your problem? And then you rescue yourself again and you're like, well, you know what, if I just sit, you can just sit at the computer. You don't need to work out. You, you, you don't need to rest. I know you're tired, but, but you, can, you can get it done. You'll get it done. Let, why don't you have a co an extra coffee or a Red Bull? Sit down, get it done. The Red Bull will help you feel better. And, uh, you know, if the Red Bull doesn't help, you know, maybe there's something else that can help. Um, I, th I think, I think if you just have, have that, 
uh, extra caffeine, it'll help you. So you see you jump through all the different points of the triangle in your own head too. So the trick is to understand when you are stepping into one of these roles. And I'm going to go through each one of these roles in a little bit more detail. I just wanted to give you a few examples for you to help to, for you, to help you start to envision it. And we'll go through each one of these points of these roles or archetypes in detail. And then we'll go through the opposite of what it is to step out of the triangle into a higher version of that role and what that higher version is. And what you'll notice as we shift into that higher role is that it's very freeing. It takes work and attention and curiosity into yourself to be able to identify when you step into one of the unhelpful roles. But when you do the work and you identify and you notice and you try to step out of, it's so freeing and authentic and real and empowering. So I hope you feel that as we go through this information today. Let's start with the victim. The victim role is one that, hang on, let me have a sip of coffee. All right, oh, that was really good. Mm-hmm. My husband makes the best coffee and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll make a pot of coffee and for some reason, it just isn't good. I used to make my own coffee all the time. And then Steven started making it. And he wakes up before me. So I wake up to brewed coffee every single morning. And he just makes it so good. And he'll, like, walk me through how much coffee to put in and everything. And it just doesn't come out the same. So we've gotten used to it. He feels the same way. He says my coffee's not good, too. And I say, good. <laughs> you can make it then. <laughs> it's great. So anyway, let's start with the victim. So... We all probably know people who have a poor me attitude. And I'm sure that we have all fallen into this as well, where you're just helpless. You're just like, oh, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to do this with me. Nobody loves me. Oh, poor me. I always get the short end of the stick. This stinks. Why did I get this card? Why did I get dealt this card in life? This, I, I give up. I give up. We all know people, probably, who that's just kind of their personality. And we sort of, you know, that person maybe just kind of accepted that that's just who they are. But let me tell you, that is not acceptable. This is where you need to do the work. You're in victim mode. You need to do the work and understand that you're choosing or that person is choosing to be in that mindset. And it, it's unhelpful. So the victim feels helpless. It's like a poor me attitude. They feel oppressed and um, abused or like taken advantage of. They feel helpless. They're ashamed of themselves and their life. They have no power over their life or their actions or their thoughts. They're totally incapable of taking action. They're dependent on others to help them with what they need to do. They're always looking for a rescuer who we'll talk about. They're always looking for someone to rescue them. 
they can't solve their own problems or make decisions to help themselves. They just can't. They just can't do it. And uh, there's a lot of self-pity, kind of avoid accountability and responsibility. And they see themselves even as less than other people. They really see themselves as not deserving. I don't deserve that. Everybody's better than me. It's just very defeated and very like have given up don't think there's anything better and it's just really depressing isn't it like talking about that is just really like even as I'm reading this I'm like kind of slouching in my chair and I'm like oh sucks you know that's the victim and uh, I'm sure you've gotten stuck in that mindset too and I get in that mindset man sometimes I just I'm just feeling sore for myself and I'm like, mm, this sucks, I have to deal with this again. Man, my life sucks right now. Why did this have to happen again? But, uh, you know, then I notice, wow, I'm really being a victim right now. Okay, what can I do to shift this? And we'll talk about that. So then the next point on the triangle that we have is the bully, which is also persecutor, which is the name that I started with, but we'll go with bully. So the bully is the mean person. They're the bully. They're the one that's like, just really like like demanding and just like just the jerk the bully's the jerk and a lot of times they're bullying the victim like when the victim's like poor me i can't do it then the bully will be like what's your problem why are you so weak like why can't you do it like just do this get it done so the bully is critical and judgmental the bully judges others and they're like wow they're so uh in incapacitated they're so lazy They'll label, they'll judge, they'll be super critical, really argumentative. If you're, if you're in a bully mindset or somebody's being a bully, they'll, they'll want to start a fight. They'll want to like get heated or like start going back and forth. They'll lash out, have a temper. Um, you know, they'll say, it's all your fault. This is your fault. Um, they really make the victim feel even more helpless. And at this point, as I'm talking about this, you know, I, I, it's like the bully is such a bad guy, right? You know, we all don't like the bully, but really the bully is stuck in a mindset. They're stuck in an archetype of they feel like this is what they need to do to get things done, to get things to change, to stop the drama, to get some action going. This is what the bully feels like they need to do. Like it's their responsibility. So it's not always that the bully is the bad guy. They're being the bad guy right now. They're, a lot of times they're driven by anger or resentment. A lot of times the bully has anger that they haven't expressed in a healthy way or dealt with in a healthy way. They'll attack. Uh, a lot of times when we're being the bully, we'll use guilt to control, like um, saying, you, you always do this. You should be grateful, stuff like that. Or why isn't it enough for you? Very rigid in thinking, really hard once they lash out and start an argument, really hard to, to shift it around and have them see the other perspective when they're like really rigid in what they're thinking. Super bossy, dominating, uh, like a me first, like they'll want to talk first, they'll want to like get things done first, they'll want their things that they want done first, they want it done right now, and it's really important for them to be right. The bully needs to be right. The bully isn't in a place in, in their mindset where they're open to listen to other ideas, to listen to other perspectives. The bully like has a shield up and they're like, get it done and I don't want to hear anything about it. So 
I when I first heard of the drama triangle, I was like, well, at least I know I'm never a bully. <laughs> yeah, I'm a victim a lot, and I'm definitely a rescuer all the time, but at least I'm not a bully. But you know what? I definitely can be a bully, especially if I've got like a drama triangle fight going on or somebody hurt my feelings or I just don't believe that this could happen to me. I'll definitely be a bully. I'll, I, I've been a bully in the past for sure, attacking people for what I believe is right, but they believe something else not listening to other people's needs, really demanding that what I need to happen for my needs is what needs to happen, and judgmental. So as much as I thought I wasn't ever on the point of being an archetype of the bully, I definitely was. And I still do. I still do. You know, I still fall into every one of these points, but it's about seeing yourself when you are and choosing to shift into the higher choice. So anyway, that's the bully. And the bully a lot of times is really attacking the victim. The bully, when it comes to the rescuer, we'll, where we'll talk about next, the bully almost just kind of like, I feel like would shake their head at the rescuer and probably be kind of bitter because the rescuer is letting the victim be the victim. So leading into the rescuer, that is what the rescuer does. The rescuer is the savior, the one who saves the pony from the danger and takes her away. But what if the pony could save herself? What if the pony just, what if the door was completely unlocked of her cage, but the pony just didn't see that the door was unlocked because she knew someone was going to come and rescue her? So if the rescuer keeps coming, the pony is never going to look around her environment and see that she has the power inside her to open her cage door. If she's dependent on the rescuer, she's never going to let herself out of her own cage and she's just going to keep getting herself kidnapped because she never escapes and it's just going to continue to be drama. So the rescuer is like, let me help you. Let me save you. Let me make it easier for you. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Overhelpful. They're a fixer. If you've ever, uh, like, read an article or was that was about are you a fixer do you like to fix everything or you know with yourself that you're kind of controlling like you want to do everything yourself because you do it right and you can fix it and if there's a problem you jump up right away because you feel that you know you know you can handle it you know you can handle the problem so you're the fixer uh, the rescuer is definitely an enabler and as they're fixing everything and as they're enabling the victims they're a martyr a lot of times, denying their own needs and really not doing the things that they would love to do because they're doing things for everyone else. Why are they doing this? They really feel responsible for others. They feel like it's their responsibility to keep everyone okay, to make sure everyone's okay and happy and comfortable and safe. They feel like it's their responsibility. They make sacrifices for other people, and they make those sacrifices, and what they are sacrificing is their own needs and their own desires. And they see themselves as a rescuer. They see themselves as valuable, as like essential to the success of the family or essential to the success of the 
uh, program if it's in work or something and there's like this work program that needs to get done and everybody's just not really getting the things done they'll be the one that jumps in and says oh I'll take care of the spreadsheet I'll get it done I'll get it to you and then nobody else has to do any work they'll be the one that jumps in and says I can do it superhero and but they do this and they see other people as incompetent like the, they, they they rescue everyone because they they don't think everyone else can do it they don't think that they're capable they sometimes see people as helpless and when they can't fix someone's problem they feel guilty like it's their fault then someone else's problem becomes their problem and the biggest thing is that the rescuer keeps the victim dependent on them the rescuer stops the victim from being able to step out of their helplessness and the victim loves this because then the victim doesn't have to work on their motivation or their willpower the victim can stay safe in their lack of power and mopiness so those are the three points of the drama triangle so if you imagine all of these three working together we'll start with the victim and the victim is sitting there and they're depressed and they're having a really bad day and they feel ugly and they didn't get the things done that they wanted to get done and they have a tummy ache and they don't know what to eat and they're, you know, their friend didn't call them and they thought their friend was going to call them but they canceled and they couldn't do the call and nobody likes them and then the bully comes up and the bully is like, why are you being so sensitive? Why is this hurting your feelings? Why don't you get up? Why don't you go for a walk? Why don't you have something healthy to eat? Why don't you snap, snap out of it? Snap out of it. Like, what? Why? Stop being so sad and depressed. Like, get up, get out, go. I'm sick of your attitude. Is it a, what, what's your problem? And the victim is like, well, I don't know, I don't know. And then the rescuer jumps in and they save the bully. Stop, stop, don't, 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 don't say that to him. Don't say that to her. Be nice. Uh, I don't want you to attack them. Come on, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make you something to eat. I'll, I'll help you. Why don't I'll? And then you know maybe they'll, they'll call the friends. They'll be like, hey, you really hurt her feelings when you didn't call. Or they'll text and be like, hey, do you think you could call them? They're really sad. And then they'll do all this work. And then they'll sit by the victim and make them feel better. You want to watch a movie together? You know, like. And when we do the, okay, so, and then, and then it, it just keeps going, because then the victim is, it loves the rescuer, you know, and it just keeps going, because then the bully feels hurt by the rescuer, because the bully is trying to help the victim get better, to feel, to, to take some action, and to do better, but the rescuer stops the bully's efforts of being able to create change, so then the bully feels like they're totally worthless and that they don't they're not needed because they they want the person to change but really like then the rescuer is like they don't need to change and then the victim feels like the bully's the bad guy too so the bully's the bad guy to everybody and everybody loves the rescuer and the victim is just like the center of it all and it just keeps moving around so that is 
the drama. That's why drama starts. That's why drama keeps going. And like I said before, we can jump into all these different roles. We can even do all three of these roles in one argument or one challenge. We can jump between all of these when we're stuck in our head and we're not being authentic and grounded and like humble and in our own power. So we can jump between all three of these in one fight. It's crazy. It's absolutely wild. <laughs> so what do we do then? What do we do when we're stuck in this drama triangle? Like, how do we get out of it? A big one for me was the rescuer. You know, with ev almost everyone in my life, I felt like, how can I help? Are you okay? What are you suffering with right now? Can I make it better? You want to talk about it? Is there something I can do for you? Let me fix it. Let me fix it. I can fix it. I can do it. Rescuer was a big one for me for a long time. And it was really hard to figure out why did I feel guilty for everyone else's difficulties? Why did I make it my responsibility? And I won't go into why, but when you start to let that go, when you start to really see your victims as powerful people, who can manage their own challenges, you see that, wow, I was really limiting them. Or, wow, I didn't, I, I, sh I need, I really want to respect that person and their potential to take charge of their own life. And when I would be a bully, I would, I would realize, wow, I'm really attacking this person. I'm really judging them and criticizing the way they're choosing to live their life. That's not right. Maybe I can encourage them instead. So now that we get into something to do instead, let's go around the triangle again and talk about what each of these insteads looks like. Sip a coffee, please. Ah, okay. So we move around this drama triangle until one person it can, there can be three plus people in this drama triangle. But when one person, it just takes one. One, oh, one. We only need one. If you don't know what that was from, that was Creed. Creed is awesome. So we only need one person to move out of the drama triangle to really change the energy and the vibe and the direction of this challenge because that one person is moving into clear and healthy communication, clear and healthy mindset, authentic, grounded mindset, and that one person in the triangle can shift the entire communication pattern. So let's start with the victim again. So a victim is going to move into a survivor, a thriver. So you're not a victim anymore. They're not a victim anymore. They're a survivor. They can push through. Do you feel the power in that? Like, why be a victim when you can survive? Powerful. So instead of feeling helpless and dependent on a rescuer and you can't solve your problems and you're just having self-pity all the time, you're feeling sorry for yourself, you can be a survivor and you can solve your own problems. What you can do, you just... State what you need. Understand what it is that you're suffering about and what you need and state it. Say what you need and take action on that need. Move forward. 
When you make an agreement or you say you're going to do something, simply follow through with what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. Notice your old thinking. Notice when, you're, when you were being a victim and see how it made you feel. See how it hurt the people around you. Dispute it. Inside your head, you know, I was wrong. Dispute your old thinking and ask yourself how you can get what you want and achieve what you want in a healthy way. Notice your strengths. What are your skills? What are your talents? What are you good at? What are your excellent personality traits? How can you develop those? How can you use those to your advantage? Notice how, how much progress you've made. How much have you moved forward in your life? How much have you achieved? Notice it. Celebrate it. Get some momentum. Appreciate how unique and original you are and accept yourself for who you are, all your good qualities, noticing your weaknesses too and just being like, you know what, weaknesses are an area where I can ask for help. I can keep my power and ask for help from people who their strengths are my weaknesses. So noticing that you're unique and powerful. That is how you can move into a survivor. Instead of sitting in a puddle of pity, feeling sorry for yourself, and thinking that nobody likes you or nobody wants to spend time with you or you're no fun or you can't do anything or you fail at all the things that you want to do, shift into survivor. Let all those pity party things fall to the, fall to the side. They do not have time in your thoughts or your mind anymore. And you don't expect other people to fix your problems. You don't expect other people to jump in and rescue you and other people to motivate you, other people to help you feel better. You, can, you know, you have confidence that you can do it yourself. I know how strong I am. I know I can do this. Let me see. I said I was going to do that. I'm going to do that. There you're in a higher version of your victim mentality. Now you're a survivor. Good job. So when you're a survivor, you don't need help from the rescuer and you don't need a bully to motivate you or to get you moving you're good you're not a victim anymore so moving on to the bully who was attacking and judgmental and rigid and bossy and dominating and telling people what to do all the time the bully moves into the challenger and the challenger is an important person the challenger doesn't judge others and tell other people what to do, but the challenger lifts people up, takes the veil off of people's eyes who aren't seeing potentials and possibilities. The challenger is creative and curious, and they point things out. They use their words to challenge others. So instead of bossing people around, the challenger will communicate strongly and assertively. They'll express their thoughts and their feelings and their ideas while being sensitive that others need to listen and digest. So they'll express their thoughts and ideas without being overbearing. They set boundaries. They're an active listener. So instead of just out, 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 tell, 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 brag, 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 judge, 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 
they listen as well. They share their thoughts, but they also listen. It's more of an exchange, a non-judgmental, non-critical exchange. They ask questions instead of ordering people around and blaming. So if the kid didn't do their homework and the dad is upset, he comes in and he says, son, why didn't you do your homework yet? How much possibility is there in there? The kid can still choose to be a victim and say, it's so hard, I can't do it. But the dad approached it in a challenger way where he said, why haven't you done your homework? Is everything okay? They're accountable. They make expectations clear. So if they are the leader or they are trying to make sure things get done, they clearly state what the expectations are. They'll tell their son before they go out to play, son, as soon as you come in from playing, I want you to sit down at the table and do your homework. So they'll make their expectations clear ahead of time, not expecting people to just know what they want. They don't threaten people. They don't blame. They don't push guilt on people. And they collaborate. They collaborate with the, the new survivor and the higher version of the rescuer. They, all, they, they instigate the collaboration. They instigate the possibility to work together as a team. So that's the higher version of the bully. And they're not mean anymore. There's not a mean feeling that comes with the challenger. There's a feeling of respect and almost like a welcoming, like, yes, can you come in and show me how much potential I have? Can you come in and, and keep me accountable and, and make sure that I get the things done that I say I'm going to get done? The order aspect. So that's the higher version of the bully. And then we get to the rescuer. What's the higher version of the rescuer? It's the coach. The rescuer doesn't take on others' needs as their responsibility, but rather takes a role of the encourager. The coach supports the survivor. The coach supports the challenger. Or if it's still, if someone is still in a victim mode, the rescuer will come in and try to fix it, try to make it better. But the higher version, the coach, comes in and reminds the victim of their power and leaves the victim with the opportunity to step into it. The coach doesn't do it for them. They remind the victim that they have the power to take action and then they create the space for the victim to step into that power and take action. So the coach says things like, I care about you, and I know you're capable. I know you can do it. I care about you. You can do this. I know you can. They don't do for others what others can do for themselves. The coach doesn't do something that someone could do for themselves. They're willing to listen, and they can listen to people's problems, to people's hurt or challenges, they can listen to these things without taking on these problems themselves. 
They don't feel the pain of the person's problems. They're able to listen and have compassion, but not feel the pain themselves. They don't feel that they need to do something about it themselves. They ju they're able to actively listen to what's going on and have compassion, but not feel drained. They set boundaries that reflect limitations. So when they see a limitation, when they see a limitation with someone, that someone's had some resistance somewhere, the coach will set their own boundary and say something like, this person is really resistant to stepping into their power, to making changes, and I'm going to set this boundary that I only help this much, or I only listen this long, or I only offer to do this many things for them, or I'm stopping helping them with this. They're able to set these boundaries, and they can help others set boundaries as well. The coach takes care of their own needs. The rescuer used to sacrifice their needs for others, fixing everybody's problems, enabling everyone, but the coach sees their own needs and they make sure they're met. It's not a big deal. They do their self-care, they do what they need to do, they meet their needs, and they, they live their life. They don't live everyone else's life. They, they listen to their gut, they listen to their, their um, uh, convictions, and they offer compassion over solutions, like I said. So they're, when they listen, they are compassionate. They have compassion. They really feel for whatever someone's going through, whatever state they're in, whatever the life situation is. They have a lot of compassion for it, um, and they don't try to fix it. When we try to offer solutions to everyone, when we try to like give them advice when they haven't asked for it, we're really trying to fix it a lot of times. So they'll listen and not need to not have that deep need to to offer a solution of what to do next. If the person asks, that's that's different. But compassion instead of offering solutions, and the same thing, they offer support instead of rescue. They're not going in to rescue everyone to make it better to. Uh, to to fix fix make it better instead they just offer support I know it's hard I know it's hard I know you can get through it I this is really challenging for you I can see it if you need to talk I'm here and when they do help other people it's because other people asked them for their help it's not going out offering, I can help if you need it, I can help if you need it, call, you know, like, let me help you. It's waiting for others to ask them for their help and then being willing to help. It's like a victim, well, not a victim, but a survivor. If a victim is in a higher mindset and they're a survivor, they will, they, you need to allow them the opportunity to do it themselves and if they feel like they need help, to ask for it instead of volunteering it all the time. Let them get strong, right? <laughs> Give them time to get strong in themselves. And that's what it is. A coach really allows others to think for themselves, to make their own choices, to decide what's best for them, to find their motivation, to really grow so those are the higher versions of the drama triangle. So instead of a bully and a victim and a rescuer, you have a challenger, a survivor, and a coach. So a challenger, survivor, and a coach, they're so powerful together. 
And if you just shift into one of these higher archetypes, you're bringing in a an empowered and grounded and authentic vibe to the situation. And that's when drama can start to fizzle out. So you can go on Google and you can actually just search the drama triangle and you'll find the the diagram with all the descriptions. And I don't and then if you keep looking, you'll find the higher versions. But feel free to email me if you want a copy of the drama triangle with the higher versions. It's just really amazing to look through. And I actually was thinking about putting this on an, on my fridge <laughs> just to remind me of the qualities that I can fall into in my mindset that aren't helpful, that lead to feelings of powerlessness or drama and what I can do instead. So I hope this kind of knocked on the door inside your head, maybe. Maybe even more than knocked on the door. But just started to let you look at your roles that you jump into. And maybe it was a little enlightening. I know it was enlightening for me when I first started thinking about it. And the thing is that we may feel like, oh, why should I care about this? But one of the reasons that I've learned that we really need to care about how we live our life and how we show up in our relationships is because it's not only for ourselves, but it's for others. Number one, we create like a much more joyful and happy and higher vibe and enjoyable life for ourselves with dignity and integrity, but we also create a space for other people to be able to really feel safe to feel seen and when we do that we bring more power we bring more invigoration and excitement and possibility and creativity and and like magic into life so we support other people in their ideas there's just so much more potential when we do the work when we really try to live in a dignified mm, Mind, good mindset type of way. That's why, that's why we want to do the work. So maybe you never fall into the drama triangle. That would be cool. <laughs> but I know I do. And uh, I hope you all have a really great week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time hanging out with me here on Da 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 Jesse Tripra. And it's June. So it's summertime. I hope you're enjoying the summer. Here in Florida, I have beautiful days all around the year, but I know some of you are in places where it has been cold and summer takes forever to arrive in Wisconsin where I grew up. And I know I've been receiving pictures from my family of these beautiful flower bouquets everyone is picking. So I think that's awesome. Enjoy your summer. Maybe your kids are out of school and you get to like have them around or maybe you just like love to sit on that lawn chair and get some sunshine. Just enjoy it. Just soak it up. Take some rest. Take some TLC. Alright. Drama Triangle episode done. And I can't wait to talk to you next week and give you some updates and talk about another super valuable I love you all. Talk to you next time. I'm da 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 da. Jesse Truff. Ciao.